Roman Reigns is about to find out whose game this is with everybody saying Mata Fest Wrestling. Yeah. That's not how that goes, is it? Eh, who cares? You're listening to the Matifest Wrestling Podcast, and this is the SmackDown Reaction. We got some big stuff coming out of this episode, including our title match for Crown Jewel, the return of the EST of WWE, and of course, we're getting that twin matchup that we have wanted for a long, long time. All that coming up and more right here on the Matifest Wrestling Podcast. We are officially on air, baby. Let's get it. What an episode of SmackDown, right, guys? Live from San Antonio, sold out. You could see the fans stacked to the rafters. They even opened up some standing room only seats with limited view because they sold that place completely out. There's another company that's not doing that right now. We've talked about that before. Hopefully, they can pick it up because this is a big, booming time in wrestling. Like, we all thought the industry was treading downwards and. Now we see that that is not the case whatsoever. All you need is some really good storytelling and some characters that people want to buy tickets to see. And that's what SmackDown delivered in the likes of Roman Reigns, John Cena, LA Knight, Paul Heyman, Jimmy and Jey Uso. The women's division is stacked. Everything is going in the right direction. Now, Roman Reigns wasn't physically in the building tonight, but when the bloodline is there, they are representing Roman Reigns and the bloodline was there and they were building this story with LA Knight Paul Heyman comes out to start the show he's talking his trash he's saying hey I'm a big fan of LA Knight but you guys should probably do what I'm doing and that's enjoy him while he's here because Crown Jewel is going to be the last time you see him in a WWE ring good starting promo LA Knight comes out he has his you know rebuttals and basically tells Roman Reigns I'm gonna take your title very simple crowd popped huge for him and it was a good way to open the show up. I do, you know, have some concerns about this rivalry, of course, because I don't see a situation in which LA Knight comes out on top in this. But how do you keep him strong throughout, uh, even though he's clearly not going to come away with the title? Because they're not going to do that title change right now. This is a title reign of over a thousand days. You don't end that anywhere else but WrestleMania. Okay, so I don't know what the plan going forward for LA Knight is, which, of course, if you listen to this podcast frequently, I have said repeatedly, that's a good thing when I don't know what's going to happen. When it's predictable, it's bad, okay? So I don't know what they're going to do with LA Knight going forward, but I'm glad that they're putting him in the main event picture because he's too popular to middle around in the middle of the card, in the lower card. It's like, it's, you're stuck in a rock and a hard, stuck between a rock and a hard place if you're Triple H and you're head of creative right now because, you don't want to bury this guy because obviously he's over. So you have to put him with the big dogs, but you don't want to take the title off the big dog. <laughs> so I don't know. Like if this was over on, if LA Knight was over on Monday Night Raw and this push was happening, you know, you'd feel a lot better about it because like, yeah, I could, I could get behind him taking the title off of Seth. I mean, it'd be weird because it'd be babyface versus babyface, but I could see him taking the title off of Seth Rollins and, you know, people being cool with that and that making sense. But it's like Roman Reigns is this generation's Bruno Sammartino. Like, when you take that title off of him, it better be a 
generation defining moment like you better give somebody the push of a lifetime right and uh you know with la knight being the age that he's at i just don't see them doing that for la knight um but i just hope they you know in defeat i just hope they keep him strong and they maintain his momentum and they find a way to you know creatively get away with not putting the title on him because you, you'd hate to see an act like this, you know, lose any steam. You know, imagine, I don't know, imagine The Rock being in Bruno San Martino's uh, generation. Or, or imagine him being in Hulk Hogan's generation, right? Where Hulk really wasn't dropping the title to anybody. You know, how would The Rock have maintained his momentum? And, back, you know, back then they only had one world championship. So, like, how would The Rock have maintained his, his momentum and his legitimacy if he never won the big one. You know, you guys remember that feud he had with Chris Jericho, the Royal Rumble, um, you know, with the the WCW World Heavyweight Championship on the line. And he was like, you know, Chris, you just can't win the big one. And then Chris Jericho won the big one. He beat him at the Royal Rumble. He took the title. It was fun. Uh, but, you know, imagine if The Rock never won the big one. You know, what would you have done? And, you know, two completely different situations because LA Knight's in his 40s and The Rock was in his 20s, you know, at the height of his popularity. But, you know, just it's, it's a lot to think about. That's all I'm saying. It's just a lot to think about. But that brings us to our next segment, also involving the bloodline. And that's this rivalry that's brewing between Jimmy Uso and Jey Uso. So if you miss Raw, no, I didn't do a Raw reaction this week. I have my reasons, okay? I, I'm trying to be more selective about the content that I'm putting out. I want it to mean something to me. But we we had a, a situation on Monday Night Raw where Cody and Jay were defending their tag team championships against the Judgment Day, and they lost the titles because Jimmy Uso interfered, kicking his brother Jay in the face and costing the team of Cody and Jay the tag team titles. Well, main event Jay Uso wasn't going to take that line down, so here he comes on to SmackDown. And attacks Jimmy Uso. Now, this led to something very interesting. Two things. Number one, both twins have already made it very clear that they would like a match against each other eventually. They said they wanted it at WrestleMania, but it looks like WWE doesn't want to wait until WrestleMania to do this match. It seems like they want to get it done sooner rather than later. Like, we might see it at Crown Jewel. So, that was an interesting thing. But then, what got really interesting is when we went backstage. And Jey Uso was being reprimanded by the new general manager of Friday Night SmackDown, Nick Aldis, who just came over from Impact Wrestling and is now in an authority role in on Friday Night SmackDown. And he fined Jey Uso, fined, quotation marks, kayfabe, fined Jey Uso $10,000 for his actions. And he also kicked Jey Uso out of the building. But what got interesting is when Adam Pearce appeared, and he's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry about this. But, you know, Jimmy Uso interfered on my show as well. Nick Aldis is like, I'm not responsible for, for what happens on Monday Night Raw. I'm responsible for what happens here on Friday Night SmackDown. And so I'm finding Jay, and I'm removing him from the building. And I'm just like, dude, that's not, that's not necessary. I'm here. I'll escort him out of the building myself. Nick is like, hmm. Security, escort both of them out of the building. And Adam's like, oh, really? Okay, let the games begin. 
So clearly, we know where we're headed to for Survivor Series. We're going back to the blue versus red, which again, I have said I don't mind the blue versus red. I think we talked about this on the last episode. I don't mind the blue versus red altercations. What I can't stand, though, is us pretending that these guys care about their brands randomly, right? Like, throughout the year, nobody talks about how much pride they have in the blue brand. And, oh, we're kicking the red brand's butt, or we're kicking SmackDown's butt in the ratings. Like, nobody talks about that. And then, all of a sudden, November hits, and it's all anybody can talk about. It doesn't really make sense. They used to do it back in the day, back in the early 2000s, the Ruthless Aggression era. What they used to do was, like, plant little seeds all throughout the year and say, like, hey, man. Like, the general managers would have beef literally at any joint show. Remember, 2005 was a hot spot for that. Because you had Eric Bischoff and you had Teddy Long, right? And you had them, anytime they had a joint show, right? The pay-per-views used to be separate. You know, you used to have, like, the Raw pay-per-views and the SmackDown pay-per-views. Well, anytime they had a joint pay-per-view, you know, your Survivor Series, your Royal Rumbles, your Manias, um, SummerSlams, anything like that, the general managers would be going at each other's necks. Whether it was Eric Bischoff and Teddy Long, Eric Bischoff and Stephanie McMahon, um, it didn't matter. It was Raw versus SmackDown, and they were going at each other, trying to beat each other all the time. And obviously, collectively, they're working together. Like, both shows obviously want each other to succeed in real life uh, because it's one company. But in kayfabe, it's important to show some type of you know, competitive grit between the two brands throughout the year. That way, when Survivor Series actually rolls around and we're doing this Raw versus SmackDown thing, it actually has some heat behind it. And the fans actually want to pick a side. Like, which show do you like the best? Me, personally, I like SmackDown better. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. But there's some people who like Monday Night Raw better because they like the fact that there's, you know, a world champion on the show every single week. I like SmackDown personally because it's two hours and it's easier for me to watch and digest and do reaction videos too. And I'm not so tired when it comes time to do the podcast. (laughs) But again, back in the day, fans used to really have a favorite show. They used to really have allegiance. Like what you see today with AEW versus WWE, that used to be the vibe for Raw versus SmackDown. Like people actually used to care very much about which brand was better and which brand got the better ratings and stuff. And that's how we ended up getting, you know, stuff like Raw vs. SmackDown 2007's GM mode, where we actually have, you know, Raw vs. SmackDown in GM mode and we're caring about ratings and stuff. It was reflecting real life. That game mode was reflecting real life. That's why it was so popular. Because you literally had to pick a show. And you literally had to beat the other show. You had one calendar year to beat them in the ratings and have more fans than them at the end of the year. And if you failed, you got fired. If you didn't, you won GM of the year at WrestleMania. And it was awesome. It was great. And then they brought it back for 2008. And then all of a sudden, it was just gone. And they just brought it back this year in 2K23. It's pretty decent, I would say. I think... Uh, I think they actually did a really good job of replicating the old mode, I I will say. It's just, for me personally, the game isn't as fun as it used to be. 
And I think that's the issue that I run into with GMO. Like, you know, SmackDown versus Raw was very arcadey. And 2, 2K series has been very simulation. And it's just not fun for me anymore. Uh, the old games were just a lot better. But I digress. When it comes to Raw versus SmackDown, you got to have some heat behind it. And it looks like they're starting to make that happen now. So I'm with it. I'm excited to see where the build is. We're clearly going to see more invasions from SmackDown superstars on Raw and Raw superstars on SmackDown. And it's just going to be a lot of fun. I, I think we're headed in a good direction. And finally, that leads us to the last talking point from SmackDown before we go to our break. Bianca Belair is back. The roughest, the toughest, the baddest, the fastest, the quickest, the strongest, the, the EST. She's back. Okay, she was gone for a while. Um, and now she is back to add to an already stout SmackDown women's division. Uh, both women's divisions, honestly, on Raw and SmackDown are stepping up their game lately. Uh, Triple H is putting more creative work into them, giving them more TV time. And we have to keep trending in this direction. Right? We don't want to get back to the days where the women's matches are viewed as bathroom breaks by crowds. That's not what they deserve. These ladies can go. And all they need is the opportunity. They need the time on screen to tell their stories. They need more microphone time. Like, Give them opportunities to showcase their character, and that's what we're doing. And we had a title match tonight uh, between EO Sky and Charlotte Flair. Eos Guy cheated to retain the championship using her title to strike Charlotte Flair. She went for a spear and she pinned her one, two, three. And uh, afterwards, they started beating down Charlotte Flair. And then who comes out to save the day? It's Bianca Belair. And she runs down to the ring and she delivers a KOD to Bailey. And uh, looks like Eos Guy, you have your next challenger. And it's only right that she's your next challenger because she's the one you cashed in on at SummerSlam. So uh, good to see her back. She looks in phenomenal shape. She looks great. Um, a lot of people were starting to grow stale on her character. A lot of times, just some time away can make the heart grow fonder again. And that's exactly what happened here. The crowd popped for her huge. She was already super popular, though. That's the crazy thing. It was like she was super popular, but there were like, you know, those those smart Mark fans always start booing because they get bored or something like that it's just it's unavoidable it's what they do it's annoying but it's what they do and um some time away definitely helps with that and so uh a couple months of you know rest recuperation for her she looks completely uh recharged and ready to go and i think she's going to do some great things with eo sky their match at backlash was already phenomenal so I can't imagine that they're going to do any worse than that, <laughs> which means we're in for a treat. Hopefully we get that at Crown Jewel as well. But when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, we have a legend announcing his retirement, a legend hinting at his retirement, and a legend returning very soon, as well as a released superstar getting big interest from multiple companies. We'll talk about all of that when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr., back again. Listen, the icon, Sting, has announced that he will be retiring at AEW Revolution. That will be his 
final match. What a career. What a career. I mean, this guy, obviously a WCW legend. Went from WCW to TNA. Legitimized that product. Came to WWE. Sadly, did not have a match with The Undertaker because instead he had a match with Triple H. One of the worst booking decisions I think anyone has ever seen. Because you had it right there. Undertaker was still, not only still active, but he could still put on a good match. Like that match with that he had with the late Bray Wyatt at Mania 31 was not a bad match at all. It was a very serviceable match. The story was good. It was a, it was a serviceable match. It wasn't one of his best at Mania, obviously. Um, but it was very serviceable. And it was good. And Sting was on the same card. And you could have had Sting versus The Undertaker. If you were going to have Sting lose at WrestleMania anyway, like he did to Triple H, which, again, was another bad booking decision um, in the opinions of a lot of fans, including myself, you had an opportunity to have Undertaker take on Sting. That is a dream match that everybody had wanted, and now we're never going to get it, ever. Very unfortunate. Um, but you know, when we take a look at everything that he has done in his career, we celebrate Sting because, you know, he is absolutely iconic and he's one of the first wrestlers that I ever saw when I was first getting into wrestling. Now, by the time I was first getting into wrestling, he had gone to the black and white. Uh, I didn't find out until later on in my childhood that he was ever like surfer sting like i had no idea what that was um i was like is this the same person how is it what but uh you know you know i've watched his gone back and watched his match at starcade with hogan where he won the title um i think one of the funniest matches i've seen him in was the one where he was supposed to team up with Ric Flair, and then Ric Flair tags in, gets in the ring, and immediately turns on him. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, his work his work in TNA was phenomenal. Everything he did, aces and eights, all of that stuff, absolutely gold. And then comes to WWE, does work with Seth Rollins, does work with The Authority. And now, you know, in AEW, jumping off the top of a Titantron, at his age what in the world like this guy is timeless but i think you know when it comes to somebody like him it's like only he knows when it's time to hang it up and apparently he feels like now is the time and honestly i just again i feel bad because you know you watch you watch wrestling growing up and then everybody that you watch starts to get older and you know they have to retire you know, Triple H doesn't wrestle anymore. Stone Cold is gone. The Undertaker is done. Uh, Chris Jericho is still going, but, like, you can look at him and tell he's getting up there in age. You know, Big Show, Mark Henry, uh, Randy Orton, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, obviously, his his injuries are starting to catch up with him. And that's crazy because I've I've literally like his career is one that I can say, yeah, I've watched his whole career since he came in with evolution all the way till now. Um, 
it's it's tough. It's a tough reality that we have to face that nothing lasts forever. And that's why I tell people all the time, just appreciate the wrestlers that are in front of you. Especially if you have a favorite, appreciate the wrestlers that you have in front of you. You never know when it's over. Nobody expected Bray Wyatt to pass away this year. We all thought he was going to come back, tell more stories, but he's not. So everybody who, you know, wanted to overly criticize Bray Wyatt for whatever it is that he was doing, now he's gone. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, that to guilt trip you. Like, they were just being honest, but I'm just saying, like, we should really think about, like, why are we so critical? Why can't we just try to chill and enjoy what we're seeing? You know, like, obviously, I I come on here and I give my feedback and my opinions, but very rarely am I ever super critical of something unless it's just a really, really bad booking decision. Um, I don't, I try to stay away from criticizing wrestler abilities and techniques and execution because, as I've said, I'm I'm in training as a professional wrestler and I know how hard this stuff is. There's stuff that I've been taught 500 times at this point and I still struggle to get it right. So I know how hard this stuff is. So I don't come on here criticizing wrestlers' abilities. That's just not what I like to do. I I typically criticize like the creative portion of things. Um, but again, you know, like things, nothing's forever. Things end, and. Everybody who grew up watching Sting is now looking at Sting and saying, wow, he's like, he's retiring. This is over. Like, I used to watch him every single week. I had his posters, I had the toys, I had everything. He was ageless to me. You know, when you're young, guys like that don't get older. They're superheroes. They're not human. But now that you're older, you realize, yeah, they, they are human. And this is over now. And this sucks. Um, but yeah, Sting is approaching the end of his in-ring career and that blows, but it is what it is. And that's why it's so important that, you know, wrestlers today keep this thing going and understand their responsibility to the business who came before them and what they're doing for the people that are going to come after them. Um, And I mentioned him while I was talking about Sting. Randy Orton apparently is on his way back. Yes. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. My goodness, man. I can't can't take all these retirements, all right? I turned 29 in a couple of weeks. I've been watching these people since I was five. I don't want to keep seeing people retire, okay? Like I said, I've been watching Randy Orton his whole career. I've also watched John Cena his whole career. And both of them are coming close to retirement permanently. And that really, really, really sucks. Randy Orton and John Cena were both in competition at my first ever WWE event, Survivor Series 2009. Randy Orton had his team of five and he was taking on Team Kofi Kingston. John Cena was taking on Shawn Michaels, my all-time favorite, and Triple H in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. And now all of a sudden, these guys are retiring. 
what the bleep is this? Randy, even though he's making his way back, he's one bad bump away from maybe being on the shelf again. John Cena keeps trying to hint to us that the time is now, no pun intended, for his in-ring career to start coming to an end. That sucks. I don't like it. It's really bothering me. And I know a lot of you feel the same way. It's really, really bugging me. But rumors are Randy Orton should be back by Survivor Series. And, you know, when he comes back, let's just all appreciate Randy Orton while we can. Because he's had a hell of a career, too. And he is undoubtedly one of the greatest of all time. And you could argue he has the greatest finishing move of all time. Um, you hit it from anywhere, out of nowhere, anywhere in the arena. Man. This this sucks, guys. This really does. Like, I, I really appreciate... I really appreciate the guys that we have now, obviously. But I will say... Um, you know, we have we have our Roman Reigns and our Seth Rollins right now, right? But how long until Roman Reigns hangs it up? And how long until Seth Rollins' back issues catch up with him and he can't go anymore? How long until Charlotte Flair decides she's done wrestling? I don't know, guys. I'm just enjoying the ride while I can. And then we'll go from there. But I can't take this sad stuff anymore. Let's end on a high note, okay? Let's end on a high note. Matt Riddle looks like he's going to get another chance somewhere, which is great because I don't like seeing people out of work, especially people as talented as Matt Riddle. But hopefully he is focusing this time on getting the help that he needs. His non-compete clause is up in December, and then he can start working for other companies. But Matt Riddle is really talented. His talent deserves a spot somewhere. And it looks like uh, MMA companies and wrestling companies are reaching out, including the Professional Fighters League, who could really use somebody like Matt Riddle. Popular name, legitimate MMA fighter. He's fought in the UFC before. Just couldn't get out of his own way once again. Hopefully this time he can do it. I'm rooting for Matt Riddle. Because like I said, by all accounts, he seems like a pretty decent guy. Who, you know, sometimes you have you have demons. And seems like he's battling through those. Obviously he has a rough situation with the mother of his children. Um, I don't know about the relationship with his children. Don't know that, but... Uh, just know him and the mother of his kids aren't exactly or haven't been on the best terms. I know that can take a toll on you mentally, especially when your kids are involved. And, you know, it's just a light life hits you hard. And as men, we don't talk about it very often, but that's why I loved when I had Tom Hannafin on the show a few weeks ago. He really started talking about mental health and we got into it a little bit with that. 
and why therapy is so important. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, Tom Hannafin is a, you know, I can tell he's a really open individual once you ask him the right questions and he started opening up and it was very helpful. And I hope a lot of, uh, hope a lot of people got a lot of help from that. But, you know, Matt, I'm rooting for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to get a job somewhere and I want you to keep a job somewhere. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. And it uh, looks like he's going to have plenty of suitors for his talents. So let's cross our fingers for Matt Riddle and hope things uh, end up well for him. Um, and if not, and we find out he's not a great guy, then hey, you know, whatever. I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he's a great guy or not. I'm just going by his TV character. That's it. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, I really don't know. I know there's been some stuff that has been alleged against him, and I don't know the facts of that, so I'm not going to spew it on the podcast. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like seeing people out of work. But uh, the universe has a way of giving you everything that you deserve right when, you know, you're supposed to have it. So whether that's good or bad, we'll see. Um but that'll be it for today's episode of the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm Alfonso McCree Jr. Thank you guys so much for watching. Of course, like the podcast, share it with your friends, and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.